You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of August 21st. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Saturday night, not too hot, not too cool, is Jim Allen. How's it going, man? I'm in Goldilocks land, I think. <laughs> it's just right. <laughs> just right. I'm just right. Um, I'm good. How about yourself? Hey, I'm fine. I, I, I love the weather. I had a nice long run again today. Didn't get lost. <laughs> but it's I was. I did thing. overheat, I think, about 8 kn and i'm like whoa <laughs> i need a break so i took a little bit of a, a walk but I, I made it through it was fun cool so um we are really getting down to the nitty-gritty here in the season i like i said I, I love this time but it's really hard to try to pay attention to all six games in detail while they're on today we had one day game so that was nice on saturday here but when you've got all these games going on and they all mean something you're trying to watch them all it's especially with little kids running around it gets it gets it gets hairy i say or working. I cut my hair right there. <laughs> or working yeah but um on this week's show we've got a chat with neftali soto of the yokohama dna bay stars we're going to discuss the playoff races briefly we've got a no-no and no 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 to discuss we've got yohei oshima's 2000 hit chase and we've got yuki okabayashi's hit streak and then we're going to have some high heat so let's start swinging Clearing the bases. Okay, well, I was at Tokyo Dome the, whoa, geez, last week and got to catch up with lots of people. It was really fun. And one of the guys was Niftali Soto. I'd seen him at Jingu Stadium in April, but we didn't have a chance to talk because uh, my timing was terrible, as <laughs> as it usually is. But it was really good to catch up. And I realized when we were speaking that uh, I had been trying to get back and talk to him ever, ever, ever since we talked about the hurricane that struck Puerto Rico when, oh, I don't know, it was 2000, sometime between when, when bef- the previous U.S. president was in office, because I think he brought paper towels or something there to help. Oh, yeah, the things that he was throwing to Yeah, he was throwing paper. At. That was his thing. We're giving <laughs> yes. millions, giving yes. billions of dollars to Houston, and we're bringing paper towels to Puerto Rico. <laughs> With a toss. <laughs> exactly. The toss, showing off that athletic ability. Hashtag high. So anyway, we talked about, uh, we caught up in all kinds of general terms. Nef- Neftali is, is a great friend of the show, and it was just really fun. We got a, went off on tangents more or less, but yeah, sometimes tangents are good. So let's have a listen and take it away. Okay, our guest this week on the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast for the second time this year and for the probably about the 10th time on the show is Neftali Soto of the DNA Bestas. Thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it's always our pleasure. Now, tell me a little bit about how the season's gone for you. you know, I mean, long season, you know, up and down. I've been in the minor leagues this year. Uh, I think it was my first time in the minor leagues. Wow. Well, my first year, I was there for a couple I think for a month. Um, it's been good. It's been good. We're winning, so that's that's important. Yeah, sometimes in the minor leagues, a number of guys said you get to swing a lot more, find your rhythm. Was there anything good out of that, or just? I uh, I actually like it for a lot. I had fun. Oh really? Yeah, I had fun there. Uh, I think we got a bunch of uh, young kids that uh, 
they enjoy to play and remind me how uh, how it was back in the day, you know. All right. So uh, the time I was there, I had a I had a blast. Also, uh, TA is there. Uh, right. It was fun. Trey talked to the guys. So we had a, a group, a pretty good group, you know, and I had I had fun. You know, it's, it's funny. I was talking with the Taiki second before, and this team kind of has a, a long tradition of ignoring young players with good results in the minors. And yeah. he's like like Exhibit yeah. A. Him yeah. and Hosokawa with the yeah Hosokawa. With the Dragons. <laughs> These guys have had put really I mean, good minor league numbers, and the DNA is like going, "Yeah, we don't need you." Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy how it is, but. Yeah, Sagina is having a great year. Hosokawa, too. I know. I mean, I'm so happy for them. Really happy for them. I, uh, one offseason, I hit with Hosokawa in, the, in, in California. So uh-huh. so I know how hard he works, and uh, I'm really happy for him. Uh, yeah, me too. Because this team, sometimes that, that thing drives me nuts, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's baseball, you know. Uh, happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. That's, it's business, so... I'm going to probably say the reason you're here is because it happens everywhere. It happens everywhere. Okay. I also want to ask, now we haven't talked since before the pandemic, so uh, how's everything back home? Everything back home is fine. Because uh, Uh, last time we had that long tap was right after the hurricane. Yeah, uh, we're recovering from that uh, pretty good. Uh, There's some some stuff that needs to be fixed, but hey, it's, it's, I think it's the same everywhere, you know? Tell me about it, yeah. So your family's good. Family's good, yeah. Everything's fine, yeah. That must have been really trying to be here when that was going on back home. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it was actually uh, in pandemic. It was kind of tough for me Uh being uh, away from my wife. And I was here working, and she couldn't come here. So that was a... That was the hardest part? (laughs) Yeah, that was the hardest part, for sure. Tell me about this season. I mean, this team's done, you know, kind of burst. After the that first start, you burst out of the gates and you guys are in first place in a while. I mean, yeah, obviously you can't worry about being in first place, but it must feel good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was pretty cool. Pretty, uh, it's, it's fun to see the guys playing how they're playing. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we were in first place, I mean, everything was there, you know. The hitting was there. The pitching was there. Everything was there. Right now, we're in third place. I think we're playing a little. Now, we're starting to play better. Mm-hmm. I mean. A little more consistently. Yeah, a little more consistently. That's what, that's what we need. But it's it's normal. It's a long season. It's yeah. really hot in, in Japan. So, people get tired. And uh, it's, a, it's a roller coaster, you know. Sometimes you're up. Sometimes you're down. Hopefully we we keep a steady pace right now and we can do something at the end. Now you've been here for a while now. I, once I did a study back in the 1990s about the import hitters who aren't expected to do all the hard work on the hot days. You know they they catch a little slack, like a lot a lot of us imports in Japan. You know we're not treated to exactly the same. You know you have to do it because it's a group thing. Yeah. And at that time, the study showed that, you know, in August, August in the beginning of September, the imports maybe were the second best hitters on their team suddenly became the best hitters on their team. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough question because I think, I think it's the way we prepare uh-huh. ourselves. Okay. I think, uh, we work our physical more than. Like in the off season, we prepare more of okay. uh, 
get stronger right. to endure the whole season, right. you know. And uh, plus, these guys work a lot. They work a lot. They work a lot. One of the things guys say is, you know, come come the middle of August, yeah, they're a, a little lot tired. of those fastballs are flattening out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's a, it's a combination of, of the offseason – the weather and how hard they work all year round. It's uh, yeah. There's a little uh, bit of it's, that. It's it's actually it's mind blowing how they can do it, you know. And I they know. don't get hurt, and they keep doing it. It's it's crazy. Kind of, did you take anything? Did you when you came here and you saw that? Did you take anything personally from that? This is something. Did, I, okay, I, I I need to do this. Or I, I need actually to do that. I actually I'm a I'm a big on working mm-hmm. a lot. Right. So. Once I came here, it was like, oh, they work hard, so it's like home for me, you know. <laughs> and because uh, I I love hitting, you can, I can be here early hitting for an hour, and probably I'll be tired, but I love it, you know. Wow. So uh, you get your Japanese passport next yeah, month for that. Yeah, easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I like I like I like baseball, and uh, I always work hard, you know. I always work for a long, like long, long time. So uh, coming here, it was like, oh well, it's long. It's this is what I'm used to, you know. It's it's nice. Okay, where do you live in the off season? I live in Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there. do you ever see any of these jet line? Now the Hawks send guys to Puerto yeah, Rico every yeah. year. Do you ever go and see those guys play? Uh, not really. When I, when I go back home, uh, I just focus and uh, being with my family because we only there for like three months. Right. So I try to get my work in every morning. And spend time with my family. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Yeah, yeah. So, because it's qu- it's short. It's a short off season. It is. Well, that's the important part. Yeah, yeah. Everything, everyone's good, and you know, life is not just baseball. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, it's always been a pleasure uh, to have you on the show and to be here in Japan. No, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Neftali Soto. So much, uh, so much fun that was, and and really refreshing in a couple of different uh, for a couple of different reasons. Uh, it always surprises me when people say minors. Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, John? Well, yeah, I love talking to him. Love that we were able to get him on the show again this season. So that's awesome. And the team is headed toward the playoffs. And so I think we might be able to talk to him again at some point. So looking forward to that. But there was a moment at the beginning of, I think, the opening question in his response mm-hmm. When Neftali was about to give us something, <laughs> he was about to step on a landmine, I think. Uh, it was going to be off DNA brand, let's say. And, yeah. And he smothered those thoughts and hit us with the roller coaster comment and the ups and downs. But it sounded like he was going to veer off course there and talk about how this wasn't the season. The season wasn't going the way he wanted. Or I, I don't know. I don't want to speculate because I don't know. But it just. Just some dissatisfaction. There was a vibe there. There was a lot of vibe there. Yes. And it wasn't just him. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) But I think that's the way it goes in a season, like I said, that in which you have this dissatisfaction or you're not feeling part of the team because I shouldn't say part of the team, but he's not feeling like he's contributing like he would like to contribute. Okay, he's not having the season that he would want to have. And you know, there was another sec or another instance in the interview when he said, well, we're winning now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that to me said, well, OK, 
that made it okay. Well, they were the record they had is, gone the through a rough patch right before that. They, I think they'd lost five games in a row. True, and and I think he was looked at as as being part of the reason and he never said exactly what he was working on when he went down to the farm mm-hmm. so you know it's, it's all murky we don't know exactly what's going on there uh, but anyway that was telling to me the way that he delivered that message and we know his english is really really good so mm-hmm. uh, i think some of it was intentional but anyway I, I love what he said about the farm like you said that he took the positive road and he wasn't afraid to say that he loved it but that's certainly circumstantial let's say tyler Austin had not been there. Let's say, you know, you asked him specifically about getting a lot of swings, a lot of at bats, a lot of opportunity. He never really mentioned that. He just mm. talked about the camaraderie and and how much he enjoyed the experience. But it sounded like he was much happier to be up, you know, the reverse of some player who's kind of young and is is up on the first team watching games, as opposed to a veteran who'd rather be up on the first team watching games. Um you know, it, it just means more to have an opportunity to go in and contribute to the big team, whether it's four at bats or two at bats or one at bat, or maybe not getting that at bat, but getting ready and 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 prepping to have an at, a possible at bat. I don't know, but you know, we, we were around the edges on that on that in that interview. We didn't get to the meat and potatoes. We had a lot of vegetables and some some fixings, but we didn't get into the meat and potatoes. And I think that was intentional as well course love talking to him and i did appreciate what he said about being on the farm because i like you said we don't hear that oh i'm I'm glad i went down there it was a good experience i did this i worked on that i came back i was better for it and he just said i had fun i loved it <laughs> well we got the other aspect of that which is the the his uh talking about how in tune he is with the japanese you know work ethic and the farm is basically work yeah, so you know it's it's more work. It's like spring training during the season. It's so, like the seven dwarves work, right? You just sing yeah. and work and plow all day. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, but I, I certainly got that. And of course, the same day I was able to talk with Edwin Escobar and also uh, Hiroyasu Tanaka was longtime Yakult Swallows player. And, and he's been a coach. coach. Yeah, he was. He's in his fourth year as a coach with the DNA Bay Stars, and uh, two years were spent on the farm. And so he said, "You know, I was really, I loved being a farm coach." And Edwin Escobar said more or less the same thing. They they repeated the same thing that uh, Neftali Soto said, and essentially they felt it, they were very, very refreshed. By being around guys who aspired to be in the you know the grind the daily grind of the Japanese major leagues, mm. you know, so I think that's what he said. You know, he said it was a nice change from being around guys who complain about the daily grind of being there. Sure, and the pressure level I'm sure is different. And, and again, it's it a is. it's a development situation, not a. Let's win at all costs in a which situation. So that's different. Right. And the base stars are, you know, when you mentioned that the base stars have gone through a, a couple of weird things. They they are a weird team in the sense that they're one of uh, the analytic driven teams in Japan. And I'm I'm sensing there's there has been for some reason or another, and I think more so than their 
their their twin team, the the Nippon Ham Fighters, mm-hmm. which uh, they modeled, they based their their system on with DNA, where the general manager and the you know the organization decides thing, and and the manager gets to run the games, and has some input on who's active and who's not active, but not a hundred percent. Sure. So anyway. The base stars have had more disconnects between what the team thinks needs to be done and the manager thinks needs to be done since they've begun that. And I, I sensed there was some of the, there was a lot of that with Alex Ramirez. Mm. Uh, not not really surprising, um, to be honest, but I sensed it also recently when, you know, in the one when. Uh, Daisuke Mira sat down Kate Sano. You know, they called, they brought in a basically a nobody to pinch it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's the captain and and so on and so forth. And that's the kind of thing that you wonder who's making that call. And afterwards he was like going, Oh, I don't know. Should I have made that? You know, almost like he was <laughs> he'd been told not to. And you know, decided to leave. So that I'm getting that vibe that sometimes the base stars are doing it's like they're they're doing things or maybe the manager is doing things he doesn't believe in to some degree. Yeah, the left arm knows there's a right arm but doesn't want to listen to it. <laughs> doesn't want to work with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have trouble washing their hands that way. So <laughs> yes. so anyway, so there was that. And um uh, I know Edwin Escobar too. Just to to move our shift or shift gears a little bit, Edwin Escobar said, "You know, I'm in the I'm in my walk here, and I'm in the last year of my contract, and I want to pitch. I want to I'd pitch I'd pitch almost every day if I could. Mm-hmm. And I'm going. I was on. He was on the farm too, and he's you know he's going sometimes five six days without pitching, and." You know, like, what's up with that? And he said, I love the guys I work with, but I want to throw just for me, you know, just for his, he's, you know, basically his selfish, of course, it's for the team, but it's also for me, which is the other side of that equation. Sure. So, yeah, it was, it was quite fun. And, uh, but it was, it was great fun talking to those guys and catching up with, uh, and actually meeting Taiki Sekine for the first time, because I've been talking about him. <laughs> running my mouth off about him for the last three years sure 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 i i I did appreciate also that you said that the hard work part because i i you you and i have both been to the stadiums early on before the fans can enter and we see these guys working and there was one player i i won't mention him by name but he was a, a giants player and he seemed to get out of there real quick <laughs> uh, for practice. And then there were other guys that you can see that they're just, they're working. In fact, I, I spoiler alert, I talked to Mark Payton of the Cebu Lions this past week. So he'll be up on next week's show. And uh, I got him, I, he actually snuck past me. I was talking to uh, Dietrich Enns and Peyton got away and uh, uh, luckily David McKinnon walked by and we were talking. I said, you know, I'm looking for Mark. I was waiting for him. I saw you both hitting and he said, oh, yeah, maybe Mark got to the back. Uh, I said, would you mind asking him to come out? And David said, yes. So he went and and got Mark and we sat down and had our chat. And then Mark said, I'm going to go hit in the back. So I got to go. And I'm like, I thought you hit already because I usually wait for the guys to hit. And Hmm. and, and he said, yeah, I'm going to hit some more. 
and he was drenched in sweat already. Yeah, they didn't I, used to be able to do that at Cebu, but they can now. Yeah, so I mean, these guys really, really work hard. The games, the four bets they get in the games are not indicative of the hard work that these guys put in each day, way before the fans get in there. And to have them, for instance, play 12 innings and come back the next day, it really has to be rough on the body because they don't have a lot of time to recharge and and rest and recoup. But uh, everybody's working really hard. But I love what Neftali said, talking about the fact that he loved to work hard, that, that, that the hard work isn't a big deal. Uh, and if you see these guys, if you could see all the stuff that they do, and we don't even get to see a lot of things that they do. We just see what they're doing on the field. But the, some of them, uh, as we know from Tyrone Woods, who said, oh, nobody's lifting weights, but there's a lot of work that goes on. And I would imagine some guys are lifting uh, more than they did in the past. But a lot of work goes into this this game. It's not just the stuff that we see between the lines at night. Well, let's let's talk about the base stars a little bit now that they they have split these first two games against the Hanshin Tigers on Friday. They won. And then on Saturday today, they lost. Uh, still a great series. I like seeing these teams play. I think playoff preview, obviously. Hopefully they can play each other. Uh, I don't know how the Hiroshima Cart fit into this uh, situation. But I think of the of the three teams that are currently in playoff position, the Cart barely holding on. I would have to say the Bay Stars are the better pitching team that would be able to pitch in that first series and then match up pitching wise to go up against the Tigers in the second series. Should everything finish the way uh, I expect it to finish after coming this far? Now that's not the way the the actual standings are at the moment, but anyway, I would I would think that the Bay Stars could could match up. And other than Trevor Bauer, I think since the All Star game, however. The base stars have been a little bit, I don't know, they, they lost some pop. You know, the, the the starters have been doing really well. They've been shutting teams down, but they've had a spat at inconsistency, if you will. And I'm not sure, I, I'm, I don't want to blame the Trevor Bauer effect of him wanting to pitch on four days rest and then throwing the other guys in the rotation out of their comfort zone. But I have to say that, I mean, not being able to really put a finger on, I have to say it has to have some kind of impact because while Trevor's on a personal role, he's been really <laughs> getting the job done. Uh, I mean, Sawamura worthy these past, I don't know, five, six starts. There's been an obvious drop off with the other guys. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, you really can't tell without a control group. Yes, and, and you 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 can't you can't substitute the guys who are pitching for clones. You know, <laughs> pitching on on their regular rotation. So it's you know against the same team. So uh, barring that, it's really hard to tell. I mean, I have I I remember um, that the the current you know once a week mm -hmm. pitching. Mm -hmm. This is a kind of this is an evolution that really took hold the last 20 years, maybe yes. the last 15 years. It used to be teams would start the season with like seven or eight starting pitchers hmm. and slowly they'd sort of winnow them out. And of course, <laughs> they, the, they, they'd win themselves out. But yes. <laughs> well, yeah, but they would there would be some separation. And and then, of course, the, you had man. The typical thing was let's match up instead of giving a guy a role. It was matching up 
the starter against that team. Mm -hmm. And it was irregular. And so, but I, I did, one of the first things I did when I started doing analytics in Japan was I, I think I studied the 1993 Kintetsu Buffaloes and noticed that when uh, their two big starting pitchers was Hideo Nomo and uh, I can't recall who the other fellows, I want to say Akahori, but I don't think that was it. Anyway, the two best starting pitchers that year were working a lot on four days rest and they were really good when they worked on four days rest. Mm hmm. And so you'd think, you know, you could make that work, but it just wasn't a thing. It was go already going against the grain in Japan. Of course, I'll be saying there really wasn't a grain in Japan. <laughs> right now, it's probably the most well-defined starting pitching has ever been in Japan. Mm. Because before that time, when it was all over the place, you had the starters being relievers as late as maybe the early 80s. So yeah, it's it's been in a constant state of flux. But anyway, yeah, I, I would I would be interested to know that too. I now now I have my next question for Shoti Managa the next time I see him because <laughs> okay, that's that's good. Yeah, but I I like all their pitchers. Uh, but again, there has been a drop off. We've seen Shota Imanaga be spotty. We've yep. seen uh, Katsuki Azuma has been. You know, good. He he won that game on Friday. Had a big, big defensive play to help him get a double play and get out of trouble late in the game. And then they went on to win that one two to one with the uh, with the controversial call and the Akinobu Okada coming out to the manager of the Hanshin Tigers to argue a, a video review. And <laughs> he's like, "You were reviewing safer out. How did you how did you call this?" But anyway, that's a long story. Haruhiro. Hamaguchi pitched well the other day, but he hasn't really been a regular guy up. I mean, I think he's been spot starter guy to fill in. Uh, Robert Gazelman, we haven't seen him in a while. I know he had a rough outing recently. Uh, Kenta Ishida has been out there. But I mean, there's more questions than concrete answers about this rotation. So, yeah, you know, we need a control group to figure out how much impact is out there. But I, I just sense that there has been some. And then... The base stars have a deep lineup, but they're mixing and matching and they're playing some newer players here and there and they're uh, doing different things. And the bullpen, I guess, has been more of a strength than liability, especially with uh, JB Wendelkin out there. He's really he really has, he has quietly been, good. been really good. Yeah, really the, the, good. I, I see the base stars as a team that's basically more or less basically they're they're in the area of average to below average overall except in the starting pitching where they're above average and the hitting the offense has pretty much been driven by Toshi, uh, Toshiro Miyazaki and, and Shugo Maki and mm -hmm. everybody else has been inconsistent. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I mean, including, you know, Niftali Sota who who's been got off to a really slow start and, and obviously not playing as well as he'd like to have been playing, but I, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm I'm surprised, and I asked Taiki Sekine about his performance, which he was red hot at the start of the season. Start, yes, yeah. And he slowed down. He said, "Yeah, he had to. He had some trouble making adjustments, and he had a he had a, a, a very minor physical issue that was causing him. Uh, he had to make an adjustment to that. 
mm-hmm. but he said he's uh you know he's he's working on being stronger and um you know and going back on it working on his approach a bit but he was he said i said is it you know what's going on and of course he gave me the standard answer when i asked about his path to the to Japan's major leagues was, you know, uh, it's what you see. I'm the reason I'm not good right now is because I'm not good. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's whatever. The standard, the, it's a yeah. bad answer. Well, you be, can, better. Yeah. <laughs> be better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't complain. Be better. Well, there's that's always true. You, you can always be better than you are, but sometimes complaining is necessary. Yeah. Um, and also the Giants, I think the Giants are putting together more wins these days than they than we have seen them. And they've gotten back into relevancy. Uh, still not sure what this team is and how serious it is about winning and uh, some of the decisions and guys to bring in on the mound. And uh, it seems to me, you know, I, I wouldn't believe the, 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 the notion of tanking here. But no. they don't look like they're serious about contending. They just look like they're trying to stay relevant but not win. But, you know, whatever is happening, the, they seem to be doing well against some of the lesser teams and, and struggling against the teams that are near them in the standings or above them in the standings. But oh, but they'll 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 take a break from that and struggle against the, the weaker the littles. teams too. Yeah, <laughs> struggle against the littles. But, I, I mean, I, I guess – the Tigers are the team. I, I I suspect, and I have actually seen it already, that we're going to see some load managing <laughs> happen with the Tigers. That some players are going to just be taken off their feet and get some getting some rest and out of the heat uh, down the stretch because um, they can really just shift into cruise control here at the end of the season. It looks like um, there's not really a team out there that's capable of making a huge run. So uh, as long as they keep, and I think it's, it's difficult to manage that situation in that you want to keep your, your guys competitive. If you get a magic number, which they did this past week, their magic number appeared at 29. And, you know, there's obviously that push for that, but at the same time, when you have such a huge lead and you're beating up on the teams directly below you, and it's starting to get into Laffer territory uh, you have to be able to manage how to keep your players sharp and keep them focused with winning games. And I think bringing up some young blood, with, which is what they did, or they put in some players who are unproven or haven't really been contributing a lot this season. They brought some of those guys up and put them in the lineup and they're, they're, they're contributing too. <laughs> it just seems like uh, they're trying to manage right now. So, and that's fine. I, I, I'm fine with it because you got to keep your guys healthy and sharp. And I, I think, and like I said, get them just enough rest and not too much so that they're not rusty. And then keep that, keep that magic number. You know, you don't want to, I mean, it could technically take the, the minimum. If it was at 29, it would ba- basically be a month, less than a month before they clinch. And uh, that would leave them almost. Let's just say a whole nother month to play. You know, we don't know what the whole rainout schedule is, but I think teams basically have about 40 plus games left or around 40 games left. So that's, uh, that's not that many if, if, if the team right behind them is losing. <laughs> well, I, I thought the, th- the interesting thing to me, uh, the most interesting thing to me was that the, the two league leaders are leading their leagues in runs scored and fewest runs allowed. Mm. Well, the the Buffaloes are tied, 
with the SoftBank Hawks for most runs. But I, to me, that's that's really something. Now, the Tigers have led the Central League in runs four times in their franchise history. Hmm. Which each is, time? Which is not surprising. No, and each time, no, you're jumping the gun. 1985, 2003, 2005, and 2010. And one of those is not like the other. Yeah, 2005 was the year that they won the Central League. What was the other one? 1990, what? 1985. 85, so they won that year as well, right? 2003. They lost oh, to the... They, had to. They, they did, yes, they did. They lost the Japan Series to the Dae Hawks. 2005, they lost the Japan Series to the Lotte... Uh, Marines to 1985, they beat the Cebu Lions and 2010, they didn't, didn't do nothing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The dragons got them, right? Yeah. Well, the Giants, League, the Giants got them first, actually. Okay. Yeah. The, the Pacific League as well. I think, you know, the, the Buffaloes are going to be able to load manage down the stretch here a little bit. And, uh, Kansai Derby in the Japan series. That would be fun. Yeah. I got to get my hotels uh, in the off chance that they decide to send me. They're going to send me last year, but uh, there was still a, a, a media limit in the ballparks, which I don't think there will be this year. This year, yeah. Yeah, we still have uh, that that second place, third place battle. And I don't think the Eagles are quite good enough, although they had a miraculous, so to speak, comeback tonight to to come back and beat the the marines but i i just i'm not i'm not buying that <laughs> i'm not buying the eagles i'm thinking the top three that we're seeing now the buffaloes the marines and the hawks are going to be in the playoffs but the hawks as we sit here on saturday are a game and a half behind the marines i think they can make up some ground but they just really haven't put it together they haven't looked sharp for long enough and they've been, <laughs> they've been struggling with the long streaks which we'll get to later on in the show uh, but uh, the long losing streaks and and even the short losing streaks, it seems like they're just not putting it together. So I don't have much confidence in them coming back to be a second place team and certainly not overcoming the Buffaloes. But there's still time for that. But time's a wasting. All right. Uh, yeah, let's make a four seam transition. So we had I'm going to give credit for a no hitter. So we had a couple no hitters, but one only one was official. And that was Shuta Ishikawa of SoftBank on Friday. And in a game I really wasn't paying that much attention to because my eyes were on the DNA Hanshin game and it was really good. And then Hiroshima and Yomiuri was a really good game. But Ishikawa, who began his pro career as a developmental player or on a well, developmental like, contract. Like half the Hawks, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and is in his 10th season. He's 31. He throws 127 pitches and he strikes out eight. He got nine ground balls, four pop-ups, six outfield flies. He walked three and hit a batter, throws his first no-hitter, the first one of the season. And a lot of times you really need that great defensive play uh, to get you – know, you see some play. I mean, he really didn't have that. I, I would say the toughest ball because they showed all the outs uh, after the game. They showed all the pitches on the outs because, like I said, I wasn't really paying much attention about, to this game. Uh, actually, I counted four balls that really had any chance to be hit. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and and he it wasn't like he grew. You saw, I mean, he grooved a couple of pitches and he just got away with them. Yeah, uh, he, they were there. They couldn't time nothing. He's got that, you know, when his fastball's working and he's not walking everybody. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, and it's again same old story. If you've got, if your stuff is working and you can locate 
better, you know, better than you usually do. Mm-hmm. Most most pitchers in Japan are going to be really, really good because that, those things just don't all come together at once. But his fastball was good, and he was locating more or less, and he was throwing that curveball he throws the more power, or less. The, the power <laughs> curve, the power curve. Yeah, you hear the announcers talking about that. Yeah, it's like a, what Black and Decker or something. You have to get an <laughs> attachment for that thing. What's I don't know what's, what's up with that hashtag. Hi. And a long, anyway, he throws the long power curve. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and that combination was really good. And nobody, uh, none of the Lions really had a clue. I did feel bad for Takia Nakamura because you know he made the last out, but he hit he hit three of the balls that could have been hit. Yeah, I was thinking that that you know that one play that maybe saved the the no hitter was the last pitch of the game because. Yeah. Hiroshi Fujimoto, the the manager of the Hawks, had his first baseman guarding the line, and otherwise, if I think if he's in a normal spot and he's close into the bag and playing closer in, that's a hit. Yep. So, uh, so I and, think we give if, the manager an assist on that one. Well, yeah, I, and I'd say that you know a normal a normal batter has a chance that he's going to beat it out, but. Was Takeo Nakamura? So I mean, he's <laughs> who just it's not 40, like yeah. it's not like he's slow. I he mean, I'm 40. I'm slow, but I I would bet you he'd lap me going to first base and back. Yeah, and he has had more surgeries than you have. So <laughs> yeah, well, he'd still lap me going to first base and back. I'm saying, yeah, I mean, you know, that's including the surgeries. So that's yeah. that's saying a lot. Um, so yeah, but I, I, he's an 88th pitcher. I think on the, on the broadcast, I clearly heard them say 89th pitcher, but they, well, it was, the 90, it was the 99th, um, regular season, no hit shutout in yeah. Japanese pro baseball history. Of course, we don't know how many no hitters have been thrown because they don't count them. They don't count any game that was not a, uh, they don't count any game that was not a uh, shutout. Well, they did on Proyaku News mention the fact that the, our next guy, who is Yuya Yanagi of the Dragons, he threw on the day after we recorded our previous episode, so uh, Sunday, the previous, or the week, uh, what was it, August 12th, and he threw nine no-hit innings uh, on Sunday last week. Now, I, I want to acknowledge that I gave Yudai Ono uh, the credit for a no hitter last season when he had to pitch into the tenth inning and ended up giving up a run uh, to the Hanshin Tigers in the tenth inning. But I said, nah, I'm crediting him for a no hitter. Well, gave up a run or just a hit? He gave up a run. Yeah, okay. it was a, it was a, as I remember, a Teruyaki Sato double that got the run home. But uh, I believe uh, either he he was involved. Okay. Let's put it that way. And they on Proyaki News they said that 13 pitchers have had the no hitter that wasn't uh they apparently had gone at least nine innings of no but they're no still talking ball. about no runs yeah but i i know there are, there have been i know of at least two guys who allowed a run and threw a, a nine inning complete game without allowing a hit but they well maybe they included of. those guys they didn't say exactly they just said the, oh, okay. the, the no the no hitters that weren't so they okay. said 13 is what okay. the number they had so maybe we do know but anyway uh, so I, I was thinking because it was the 99th no hitter for Ishikawa, it should have been the 100th, and that would have been a you know a milestone mark for MPB, but it was only 99. So who's going to come up with no number 100? But Yanagi was really good. 
that day. And it was the, yeah, again, like I said, the second consecutive season that the Dragons have not been able to score a run when a pitcher is throwing a no hitter. They haven't been able to muster up a run over nine innings. So unfortunate, but that happens. But this game turned out to be just a crazy game. It was really fun. After, it was epic. It was epic. It, it, it was at least at least the ninth and tenth innings were epic. Were, yeah. So Yanagi finishes off what he thinks he has. He has a chance to. He said in the hero interview afterward that he, you know, he had never thrown a no hitter in his life, and he was so proud to have done that. And the, the announcer kept telling him that well, it doesn't go down in the books as a no hitter. So you can't right, 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 right. Yeah. But I anyway, had, <laughs> I had to change his quotes to "Had I got a no hitter?" Yeah. You can't change the coach, but he did later on say that he was joking. But anyway, um, so he comes off the mound, Rydell Martinez. He hadn't given up an earned run all season, and he gives up a home run uh, to Shota Dobayashi, who he and, and Yuhei Matsuyama killed the Dragons, and, and Dobayashi hits a home run in the top of the 10th. And, and, of course, the most unlikely thing with the team that has the fewest home runs by about, I think, 20 in NPB get back-to-back home run shots one from uh takaya ishikawa and then which i liked because i thought wow somebody hit a home run in this game is a real player yeah yes <laughs> although he got hit in the head tonight so uh hopefully he'll be okay but yeah the one guy who can hit and then the the the, the remarkable then, then remarkable. Yeah, the, the line drive home run by shingo usami the mid-season and, and that was only the, that was only the first the first part of his story yeah a, <laughs> a walk-off shot yeah because he had uh not only did he hit the home run on sunday in the in the he he'd uh, in the sun in sunday to end that game in the in the 10th inning he then came on as a pinch hitter on tuesday and won the dragons game <laughs> Yeah. with a with a with a game winning single so back it's not very often that that one gets a back to back you know walk off hits well I, I tell you on the sunday walk off home run game when he got that hit i don't know if you saw this but uh, i did you know i like to watch a lot of the news coverage and yanagi runs out of the dugout and you know guys get their water bottles ready mm-hmm. in case something happens and uh, they want to dump water and pour water on each other. I don't know if you saw this or not, but Yanagi runs out of the dugout to celebrate with everyone. He's got a bottle in each hand mm-hmm. and he's dumping it on himself. <laughs> it was well, the funniest thing. Well, okay. Well, the line, you know, in, in, in the dumb, you know, the dumb hero interview answers, the Tatemai, which is the white lie, the Japanese convention of telling white lies so as not to offend or disrupt the flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Takaya Ishikawa, who will eventually learn better, said, of course, he starts out saying, yeah, I was only thinking about getting on base, which is fine because you're losing by a run and, and there's nobody out, so you're the leadoff guy. That makes sense. And But it turned out to be a home run. That's great. And I basically just wanted to get on base for Usami because I knew he'd do something. He's a guy guy who's a a nine-year journeyman catcher. I don't think he's ever had more than about 150 plate appearance. Maybe never had more than 100 plate appearances in a season in nine years. And it's basically a 230 hitter. So that's the guy we we're depending on to win this. And I knew he'd come through. He said, I'm going, give me a break. You have to work on that a little bit, kid. 
Well, he, you know, he mixed his lines up. I mean, they're nervous. He doesn't get up there very often. They don't win. <laughs> they certainly don't win in exciting games. So that was pretty exciting. Anyway, you said Epic was a 2-1. Dragons win in 10 was, innings. Because awesome. the Dragons went, the Dragons fans went from, went from agony this team to is terrible. To, this team is terrible, but at least it won. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm right was a there great, it was a great ending. I it mean, that was, that was fun. One of the one of the best games of the season. All right, let's make a two seam transition and talk about hit streaks and hitting. So Yohei Oshima of the Dragons, he's still approaching 2000 hits in his career and becoming just the fourth player to complete the college, then corporate and then NPB journey to 2000 hits and get his golden players club jacket and all that with uh, with some guys who are Hall of Famers. But um, he got he got some bench. <laughs> this weekend and he, he got a day off on friday and i thought my first thought was kazuyoshi tatsunami the manager of the dragons he's not reading the room you know read the situation everybody's waiting for him to get and it's not like oshima's a big star or anything but you know this is a thing it's a, and it's an actual thing and and the baseball world appreciates its players who get to 2000 hits read the room get the guy in there get a clue but Dylan Peters the was the Yakult Swallows starter and he's a lefty and he's pretty tough. So I think they just kind of sat Oshima down to maybe get get him a break. And again, he's 37, get him off his feet. It's hot. You're not playing for anything. But my second thought was Oshima was, you know, kind of on a roll, and you really don't want to get him out of his groove. Uh, and he had been hitting pretty regularly. And so I just fully expected Oshima to be on the field tonight on Saturday. Well. There's another lefty, uh, Keiji Takahashi, throwing tonight. So Oshima got the bench again, and he came off the bench late in the game to pinch hit. Almost got an infield single, but at 37, it's hard to beat those out these days. So so we'll talk about him next week since we want to get to our high heat questions. But we do have to talk about Yuki Okabayashi, uh, the Dragons center fielder who had his hitting streak tonight, snapped at 29 games. So he ended up setting the team record. And that was on the night uh, that, uh, I guess, after we recorded, so on Sunday this past week, again, August 12th, and uh, surpassing Michio Nishizawa's club record of 25, and he pushed it up to 29. He got a double. I think that was on Friday. But, you know, he has really developed into a, a really reliable hitter at the top of the order for the Dragons, although I don't like the way he, I don't like his on-base percentage for a guy who's a leadoff guy. But it's okay. Uh, he he's not. I, I well. What do you? I mean, Tatsunami doesn't really understand the concept of putting your best hitters at the top of the order and putting you know guys with on base percentage at the top of the order. Let's not talk about the things he doesn't seem to understand or care yeah, about. That's or, yeah, that's probably we don't have that <laughs> much a list. time this year. Yeah, yeah. There's a list, but uh, I I don't like o- Okabayashi's at bats with runners on base and that's something i talked to with uh I, of course alonzo powell hasn't been around for a couple seasons now or there's seat one plus seasons now but that's what i talked about with him and and pitch selection or the pitches that you're swinging at when you have guys on base and you know the pitcher's in trouble and the guy's still throwing balls out of the zone and you're still swinging at him and i do see that a lot he has a tendency okabayashi does to swing at at pitches out of the zone when there are runners on and so he ends up not producing or not getting good line drive outcomes with his at-bats it doesn't always have to be a hit i just you know he ends up bouncing balls on the infield or popping them up or he just doesn't look good a lot but 
um during the streak i noticed that he had gotten his hits early in games you know he didn't mm. it wasn't pressure packed and you know he's at 19 games or 20 games and he has to wait to the last at bat all the time he would get them early in games and so tonight uh I had by my count, like I said, I'm no statistician, but I, I, by my count, he looked at nine strikes, and that's not a way to get a, a batting a hitting streak, keep it alive. You know, you don't look at strikes, and a lot of times when these players are after these individual awards or after these individual achievements, they don't get a lot of strikes, and to let nine of them go by, he was over five tonight, and to let nine of them go by, and he got he he, he uh, was called out looking three times so that's bad <laughs> and like i said Takashi's a tough lefty uh he had a better uh, matchup later in the game still couldn't get a ball uh i think he called he had a called third strike on him and that at bat as well on a borderline pitch but the other ones were i mean he took some some pitches down the middle so that you know whatever uh it was the ninth longest hitting streak in npb history like i said he does have the team record now and 33 was the number he was chasing. That's the MPB record. He obviously came up short on that. I'm sure there's a lot of pressure involved. He's still only 21. Still mm. got a lot more development to go. But I, I really like what he's developing into. And as he grows, I think he'll be able to hit for more power and hit better in situ game situations with runners on. And looking for him to develop that way as well. Yep. I enjoyed it while it lasted. Yeah, and we, you know, we're we're looking at a lot of guys who have had some milestones. I know that uh, the aforementioned uh, Takia Nakamura Okawari Kun played in his uh, 2000th game recently, and and the Lions lost that game. And the Lions are stuck in a in a, in a mm, tough tough year. Uh, Norichika Aoki he has scored a thousand runs in MPV, and I think he was a 46 player to do that. And we've got a lot of notable milestones coming up for some players we'll try to touch on as we go through here uh, toward the end of the season. And uh, surprise re retirements are going to pop up next month in September. We always get them. I think number one on my list of the surprise retirements, which probably won't be much of a surprise, is uh, Takumi Kuriyama. Yeah, I think so, lines. too. Of course, I, I thought so before, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. But I, I kind of get the idea. He's out, although he has been getting a little bit more playing time recently and has been more productive. However, I don't think this is his standard. I did see him the other day, tapped him on the back, and he said he gave me one of those uh, heads up looks. And that was fun. Anyway, we've been uh, we've had some uh, high heat on the back burner for a while. So let's uh, let's get to fielding questions. All right, so our buddy Glenn in Tokyo via email sent us an MP3, which we love, and it's frankly easier than email, I think. You just grab your smartphone, you record on your voice recorder, and then you can send an email from that app directly to us. But anyway, Glenn found it easy, and he sent us one about, I don't know, two and a half weeks ago now? <laughs> but it's still relevant, so uh, let's take a listen. Hi, John and Jim. Thanks, as always, for the fantastic podcast. In a previous job, I used to write daily pregame analysis of uh, MPB games for a global betting website, and one of the most difficult things to do was to account for the streaking teams in, in either direction. This season, there appear to be more long winning and losing streaks than we usually see, and with the Lions losing seven in a row then we're, uh, twice and then winning six, and the Giants losing seven in a row in May, Hiroshima Cup, rolling to 10 wins in July, fighters losing 13 in July in a row, SoftBank winning, uh, sorry, losing 12 in a row and then staying in third. 
I wondered what your thoughts were on the streaks and what the streaks can tell us about the teams. Um, perhaps <clears throat> perhaps it's linked to the management approach, as you noticed in your mid-season uh, special. I'm also hoping that the NPB database that you have, uh, also known as Jim, um, has some stats on the streaks and NPB seasons. Uh, is this the streakiest season ever? thought it was worth a mention. Thanks as always, guys. All right. Awesome stuff, Glenn. All right. Well, uh, streaks. So I have lots to say about this. So I'll let you go first because... Uh, I, I I know we're going to clash on this. <laughs> I'm pretty well, sure we're going to clash. I, on this. I, I somehow doubt that. Um, I don't really know if this is the streakiest season. I mean, I, I I vividly remember the longest losing streak in Japan pro baseball history. Lotte Marines 18 game skid when several busloads of Lotte fans followed them on their odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> their odyssey um it was odd to see well it, it was well, it was it was it was epic i was speaking I, of epic you know, i wasn't even a fan of the pacific league at the time and i was watching this and every night this is every this night is before cable three, team. three or four buses following the team around well if you lived in tokyo but i was living in nowhere at the time and so every night we would just watch on the news because there weren't the apps at the time and there wasn't cable tv where you could watch all the games so the only thing you could do really basically was either uh find some place online that that had a site that had the score or wait for the news so we just waited for the news and we'd watch the news every night and hope that they won they and they just and they kept losing and kept losing and kept losing to the point where we're like forget what's going on with our team let's watch let's try to watch or get updates on the marines that's how bad it was it was a nationwide thing because i was living in the boy we didn't care about the marines okay well i didn't care about them because they were in the tokyo area but i i i was i was struck by their fans i mean this is something you know, imagine in Japan. Can you imagine Phillies fans going on the road when their team's losing eighteen in a row? And they'd be they'd be taking shovels to find places to bury, bury the players. Bodies. Yeah, and they and encouraging them and saying, "Hope you win." And then when they lost, they'd say, um, "Okay, you'll get them tomorrow. We'll be here for you tomorrow. See you tomorrow." Yeah, that's the way it goes right. in Japan. In the states, they're like throwing stuff at you, and you gotta yeah. sneak back to the hotel somehow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that did happen once in to the non-Kai, the Daiei Hawks when they went back to Osaka from Fukuoka and they had, their bus was, was the target of a rotten egg attack, you know, an egg attack when Sadaharu oh, managed them to I think 10 or 11 straight losses. Okay. But uh, I don't know. I Otherwise, uh, the 1954 Nankai Hawks and 1960 Daimai Orions both won 18 straight, and so that's the record. Now, I thought about running numbers for what a, a losing, a long winning streak or losing streak tells us about a team's quality, but I kind of lack the time to make some basic estimates I would need. Mm. But I will suffice to say that the average team virtually, um, average teams pretty much never win 10 in a row. It's very, very rare. A back of the envelope calculation suggests a 500 team would win 10 straight 14 times in 100 seasons. <laughs> Not many. <laughs> but no, well, actually, that's quite a lot. I think that's more than what actually happened because, yeah, yeah. because the team 
a 500 team doesn't play, doesn't have a 50% chance of winning every game. They have, you know, some games they'll have a 60% chance and a 65% chance and then a 30% chance and a fourth. And even though it might all average out to 500, it's not the same when it comes to streaks because that that just wildly throws everything off. And, and uh, yeah, I would also gather that uh, an average team doesn't stay average for a, an, 100 seasons. <laughs> no, of course they don't. Of course they <laughs> so, don't. Yeah. No, but that's why. I mean, it's both yeah. their own team and their opposition. Sure. Lots of things you can't. So it's it's a zigzag kind of thing, even if it all averages out to 500. Okay, so it's less than that. Anyway, so that's the thing we got. And if you if it was 13 games in a row, we're talking like uh, one time, one time in 100 years. Mm. in a hundred seasons and that's giving each team a hundred and four in japan 142 chances because they play 143 games actually that's probably that's incorrect it should be 133 chances because they they don't get extra games that they're right. not playing okay anyway so that's what i had to say about it well you know uh, streaks are difficult animals but i think when you talk to players and they come to the stadium every day and they think, you know, I have a chance or an opportunity to contribute or do something special this day. But each day is different. And that's what they tell us. And 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 we we I guess we're forced to believe it. And we just take that for what it is. But as observers, I think we see things and what we see and what we hear are sometimes different. They don't jibe. For instance, a pitcher says, well, we had won three games in a row. I didn't want to be the one to cost us the winning streak, so I tried harder. Okay, that's what they say. That's what they say when they win. When they win. But uh, is that the case? I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I think you can gather some momentum that a team has comes to the park with more confidence. And here's what they always say. They they always say hitting is contagious. And you always hear people say that, but they don't you don't hear about the opposite that the that not hitting is also contagious. And when I was playing ball, I would hang out with the guys and everything, but I wouldn't get too close to I mean, I would get close to my teammates, but I wouldn't get close to all of them. I would I picked and chose the guys I wanted to hang out with, especially if they weren't doing well. <laughs> I didn't want to I wanted to be around them because that that togetherness of a team, I, I think it spreads throughout the team. So when things are going well and everything, if the hitting is contagious, it really is, and everybody's hitting well. But things go poorly, it, it can go poorly for the whole team the other way as well. And so I, I think that happens. I think we see it uh, more than we actually recognize that we see it. That some teams are just winning games off of momentum and just happen to happenstance. I know. A lot of randomness happens in in Japanese baseball and it happens in baseball everywhere. But I, I also think that you can get on a roll and that and that it's confidence. And, we, you know, the thing that I talked to Alex Ramirez a long time ago about, he said hinting hitting was so much more mental than it was physical, that once the mental uh, and the and the confidence part uh, is solved or is is improved or is something that we can't see this this intangible thing that, that happens with players sometimes they can get on a roll so i i'm not sure why this year we've gotten you know 12 game winning streaks and 12 i'm sorry 12 game losing streaks and 13 game losing streaks by 
teams that are one is you might expect it, but they lost a lot of close games in the fighters. And then one, you just every day you expected them to snap out of it with the Hawks and they couldn't. And then you had the carp going on, I guess it was an eight game winning streak. You had the Tigers winning, going on a long winning streak. I guess the bad teams like the Dragons have, I think they've won, they've lost like 11 road drink games now, uh, consecutive road games. There's there's some streaks that, you know, you can explain that the team's not good. So the losing streaks, I, I, I think with the Fighters and the Dragons, we can explain that. With the With the winning streaks, I think when you look at the way the teams won, if you know the same guy coming out and doing things every night, you could understand. But it was, you know, it was definitely different players uh, with the Tigers who contributed, and then just getting on those roles is it's, it's hard to explain. But I, I don't think it's always random. I think some of it is circumstantial, and that the no. medical, the mental, no. and the physical come together sometimes for some well, players. No, and it's teams. not. It's not random. I, I only expressed it as a, in a probability, not that it, that it is random because uh, it, yeah, it I didn't needs, say that you it did. Needs, yeah. yeah, it needs things to come together, as you said. Uh, but yeah, the confidence is is interesting because certainly uh, baseball and well, sports, uh, like like so many things in everyday life, is a matter of being able to uh, reproduce mm-hmm. and replicate the things that you need to do. You need to do the things that you need to do well in order to earn your pay or take care of your kids or whatever. And that unlike, you know, taking care of your kid, which which, which can be a challenge or earning your pay, which can be a challenge and people throw obstacles in your in your way all the time. There's there's not somebody on the other side of the of the table doing their best to prevent you from repeating your your motion right. your action correct <laughs> so so basically um you're in a in a you know you're locked in a in a in a match with somebody who's there trying to repeat his action while you keeping you from you repeating yours and that's really hard and confidence is the ability and part of confidence is is the ability to to know that you know things happen and that little things that get in your way and little things that don't go your right go go the right way are gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Those things are gonna happen and you just can't pay attention to them because as soon as you start paying attention to the details, the things that aren't essential, it's really easy to get lost. So I think confidence is a huge thing for that. I mean, uh, hitting is contagious. Sure. I think hitting is one reason hitting is contagious is because generally you guys are all hitting off the same pitcher <laughs> who's, who's, who's <laughs> lost his confidence very often. I don't often. think they mean it like that. I think they mean no, it but I think, the course I think of that games. Is, yeah. That is, yeah, but I think that tends to be the thing. Um, you know, they say, oh, like you, you see somebody getting four hits in a row. It's, it's as I used to say, a lot, you know, pitches that shouldn't be hit get followed by pitches that shouldn't be thrown. Correct. Because, uh, you know, you're trying to do too much. I mean, have, being confident, you know, you get the confidence boost sometimes from things that are beyond your, um, beyond explanation. Mm-hmm. And players tell me, you know, oh, that, that, that flare single 
you know, I was, they, they thought I was doing a great job when I mishit that ball that I shouldn't have been swinging Swing and got a flare <laughs> swingle, single and drove in a run. Uh-huh. But from a confidence point of view, it was like, okay, you know, even when you do things bad, you know, good things can happen. But, you know, it's the same, of course, in Japan, it's the same coach who's yelling at you for you know, t- telling the reporters that you don't know what kind of a slump you're in because you hit four bullets to the third basement. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't explain his poor results. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. But anyway, yeah, I, no, but that's what I mean. That's my take on, on that. And and that does happen. And teams do get it. Teams, teams feel confident in each, in not only players in themselves, but also in their teammates and in their managers. And then you get a, you get a team where it's like, you know, the manager is, you know, you're waiting for your team, a, a teammate who's not taking it seriously, or you're waiting for your manager who think, you know, okay, I'm not even going to cast a, a an individual in a bad light here, who's just know is going to do something weird mm-hmm. uh, to, to mess up something where everything has to go right. I and mean, as soon as you start thinking that way, yeah, forget about it. Yeah. Well, um, gosh, you said so many things there. I had so many I'm sorry, thoughts. I yeah, talked too much. No, I, I, we've taken turns doing lengthy, lengthy talks here. Uh, you know, one of the things I noticed about the Carps uh, streak, they, I think in July they went on a winning streak, and I kept trying to figure out how they were doing it. And some of the pitching matchups really didn't seem advantageous, and they were missing uh, guys like Ryan McBroom, uh, and, and they kept winning. And uh, I'm sure if Las Vegas had been setting the betting lines, they would have been shaking their heads. You know, the guys there saying, you know, how this, how's this team doing this? But, uh, I think sometimes uh, you have to look at the winning streak as maybe the, the teams that's winning is playing a, another good team, but they're catching them at the back of the rotation and they, Sure. They they win those games and then they go on to play the for instance the dragons or the Yakult Swallows this year, two teams with bad records and they get through that so that's that's six games right there and then they catch another team that's kind of struggling and you end up with a long winning streak at least you know almost ten games so I'm not saying it's that easy but I'm saying we've seen it happen this year and I, I can't give you a reason but I do know that there's some context for those streaks that not all. The streaks are equal. Uh, the losing streaks as well. It was some of it was just with the fighters was just bad luck. And sometimes it was bad decisions by the manager. Sometimes it was bad execution by the players. And sometimes it was just bad planning uh, on both parties. You know, the pitchers didn't throw the right pitches. The you know the manager wasn't helping. The pitching coaches weren't helping, and they lost some games. The Hawks, the same thing. They they had some situations where they just didn't produce. Of course, they've have had injuries and uh, I wouldn't say the manager was making the wrong decision, but he probably didn't have a lot to choose from because they didn't have the players that he typically had last season. Uh, And that team didn't make the playoffs. So why would we expect a team with uh, talent that still is unproven to to do more? Uh, We had high expectations for the Hawks, but maybe our our expectations were were too high for what the talent level is, and that's a, I always I, I hear people, and we, we do it too when we do our prediction specials. Well, this team is really talented. Well, we don't actually know how talented the teams are or the players are. We just know what the stats tell us. Uh, we don't always know a lot about the why. And if if a guy is really getting some good coaching and uh, is recognizing 
these pitches and then there's a there's a coaching change that we don't really talk about uh somebody who's a hitting coach goes to another team or is fired or whatever he makes too much money they don't want to pay him anymore and that player loses that that person in his ear and doesn't produce as much the next season because he's not looking at the same things or he does he doesn't he's not able to recognize how he should adjust and so we don't really know how talented these guys are all we know is what the numbers have told us that they probably should produce and so again i I, i've been part of the bad uh media that says uh, this is a bad team and and i shouldn't say that i should say the record is bad because if anything this season has taught me like the fighters have a good team but the record is bad the dragons have a good team and good pitching but the record is bad it's not a bad team per se and so I, I want to break myself of that habit and and look deeper because I think that's what's happening. And I think that's what's happening with the, some of the streaks that are going on. They, they, they are losing streaks, but I mean, some of it is just some bad luck and it ends up having to happen in consecutive games. And then there might be some issues with, you know, talent gaps and all that stuff and, and circumstances. But I don't think it's, you know, for instance, the fighters didn't have to lose 13 games in a row. They probably could have won a couple games in there. They just had some misfortune. So, um, yeah, but as for why, Glenn, your guess is as good as ours. I would just say that uh, there's some there are some teams with some poor records out there, and they have been beatable, and some teams beat them in consecutive games, <laughs> feasted off of them, let's say. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, but it is interesting, and it's something we'll, we'll – look at as we finish out the season here uh we have another question on deck but but, uh we will get to that one next week anyone else who has a question and we really thank you glenn for that wonderful sounding mp3 and Mm -hmm. we encourage more of you to send in the mp3s and and uh it's better than me reading your question how's that (laughs) we'd rather hear your voice send them to Y-A-K-Y-U-J-O-H-N at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter X. Are we calling it? What are we going to call it officially? X? Like ex-wife? <laughs> or ex, ex-sibling? or Ex-Twitter. Ex-Twitter. <laughs> X, Ex-Twitter. X, anyway. The ex-popular uh, popular messaging app. Or... Okay. X marks the app. Uh, <laughs> and that's we're at JBW Podcast and you can use the hashtag High Heat or hit us up on the Facebook page love the way the uh, season uh, pennant races are going uh, and we'll hit that next week we will talk to you next week enjoy your baseball see you at the ballpark follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at Allen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag HiHeat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.